Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Incomparable, number 615, May 2022. Avast! Hoist the sails and prepare to hear a tale of peril and woe. Arm the cannons, for they see our flag. And our flag means death. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about the romantic comedy HBO Max series featuring pirates. Uh, what good is a pirate if they have no crew? And I have the best one tagging along with me. First up, his genius won't be uh, translated into human language. Moises Julia. Howdy, Cap. Uh, uh, I, I like how you're going with, with no name. You're the captain with no name. That is correct. <laughs> I, I I would be Cicero Holmes, but I am the captain with no name. Uh, you know, the, the humble captain talks about his crew first. And uh, once overheard saying that murder was a natural cause of death, it's Annette Wistra. How you doing, Annette? I'm good. I'm super ready with all my passive aggressive skills to hang out with all of you. Nice. Uh, I I can't wait to hear about them. Um, he definitely didn't drink juice from the nose jar. It's Joe Steele. Hi, it's me, Baby Bonnet. <laughs> and rumor has it he sows like the wind is David J. Lore. I, I consider myself a gentleman podcaster. Ah. Polite, polite podcasting. That'll be my brand. <laughs> we will have none of that here. <laughs> here with Our Flag Means Death. So Our Flag Means Death was created and written by David Jenkins and executive produced partial and partially directed uh, and starring Taika Waititi. Uh, and before we get into the rough waters of Spoilers Cove, I don't know how long I can keep these pirate metaphors <laughs> going, but um, <laughs> right? um, I wanted to give our panel a chance to, to provide a quick recommendation for folks who may not have had a chance to see this series yet. Um, you know, we're, we're dealing with peak TV problems. So uh, I'll start with Annette. Uh, what would your recommendation for, for someone who hasn't seen this show be? Well, I was resistant, mostly because I saw the little ad. It kept telling me, you want to watch this show. And I was like, there's so many dudes on this. Do I actually <laughs> want to watch a show with like no girls at all? Right. And uh, then it was our very own Kelly. Um, she told me that I should watch it. And it's actually a romance and it's got pirates. And I was like, yeah. This is a romance with pirates. It's funny. It's delightful. And um, I was like, also by the people who were doing um, what we do in the shadows, which was like, oh, of course, I'm going to like this. I just didn't connect it. And it was, I don't know, it's just so pure. Like you've never, it, it's just like non-toxic masculinity. So it's got a lot of dudes, but they're all having a lot of feelings. And I was here for it. 
I love it. Joe, uh, what what did you think? What would be your recommendation for someone who hasn't seen this show yet? Well, it's not necessarily a spoiler because I think you're kind of cotton onto it at this point or you will have perceived it through various means. But um, there's a lot of stuff about like, oh, it's a gay pirate show. And it's like, yeah, 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 I get it. Like you ship them, um, whatever. Like right. it, it, that's how <laughs> the Internet works. But it was like, oh, no, it really there, there is that element to it, uh, and it it is what gives us this uh, delightful romance um, that uh, I found both entertaining and heartwarming um, throughout the course of the series. So it's something else other than, uh, and I just mentioned uh, 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 what we do in the shadows, where I feel like it's a little bit more like joke a minute um, kind of stuff. And with this, I think it's more, there's like an architecture to it. So you kind of have to like buy into kind of a slow build maybe. And uh, I think you'll find it rewarding the longer you stick with it. Yeah, well said. Uh, David J. Lore, what <laughs> would you tell someone if well, you were elevator pitching this this show? I mean, I I learned real fast several years ago that if the name Taika Waititi showed up on something, watch it. Just watch it. I don't care what you think you'll like or not like. Just watch it. So it already had me at that. And then when I found out it was created by David Jenkins, um, his show People of Earth, uh, which was on several years ago on TBS, uh, also very funny, but very slow build, very, uh, very distinct sense of humor and sense of tone. And from there, I was like, well, I'm going to watch that anyway, because I really enjoyed his writing there. Uh, and so. Yeah, I, I got a lot of people saying, you know, it's a slow build. If you're if you're dubious about it, you know, give it a couple of episodes. I don't know. I was I was in it by the end of episode one. I was like, I I want the next one now. And fortunately, I had waited long enough that I could watch them one a day every day. But I needed I did want space. I didn't binge watch it. Uh, I'm not I'm not usually a binge watch person unless it's Star Trek. And even then, you know, and and so, yeah, I if. If your sense of humor is just a little off kilter, if you, if you like, if you like things that seem like not everyone's going to like them, you'll love this. It's, it's, it hits a certain niche. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of, uh, sense of humors who are a little bit <laughs> off kilter. <laughs> and Moises. certain niches. <laughs> right. <laughs> Moises. I just, I just like murder so much. Um, right. <laughs> you know, some people think it's weird, uh, but that's just me. That's just who I am. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, uh, of a pirate history nerd. And for me, the notion of a steed bonnet, uh, fiction adaptation uh, that, that wasn't just, you know, somebody droning on on the History Channel for about 15 minutes going, oh, there was this one weird guy. Um, <laughs> that that in and of itself appealed to me. And the pairing of David Jenkins and uh, Taika Waititi as, as executive producers um, went yet further. Finding out that Taika was going to be in the cast made me yet more interested in it. Um, and uh, an incredible, uh, supporting cast, um, beyond them. Um, I, I, I'm sure that we'll talk about Rory Kinnear, uh, as we go. Um, he's, he's in an upcoming Alex Garland movie called men where he's all of the men and, <laughs> and they're all, um, uh, bent out of shape and, and weirdos. And usually 
you, you know, Rory Kinnear as, as, you know, um, uh, you know, the, the police captain or the, the in detective chief inspector on some, you know, British thing, or occasionally he gets to do fun stuff. Um, but he, he, he is not one of the main characters of the show, but the fact that they were casting somebody like that made me take notice. Um, I love that Christian Nairn gets to say a word other than Hodor, um, <laughs> in something because he's, he's, a, he's oh, so he's funny. Delightful. He's so funny. He's so funny. He is so personable. Um, he, he's such a, a warm character. And that's, that's the thing is, is even the most bloodthirsty of the characters on this show, there's a human aspect to them that we get a look at. And some of them, it's a, a, a more or less terrifying human aspect to them, um, in terms of their, their interior selves. Uh, but I, I, I was pleasantly surprised that it met all of my expectations and it went beyond them. Um, and, and it's not just one romance. It is multiple romances, um, in, in, in different stages of things in different seriousness, seriousness and different configurations. There, there's no one size fits all aspect to any of the characters that we have in the show. And it's something that I would urge people who maybe gave it a couple episodes, two or three episodes to stick with it. Um, because all of the, I guess you would say homework, um, if, if you feel like, uh, oh, okay, it's just, you know, it's tongue in cheek. It's just a goof. Um, all of the goofy stuff ends up having a basis in, in grounded emotional stuff too. Um, and, and it, it, it all pays off. Um, you get a glimpse at Steed's wife, Mary, at the very beginning of the show and you don't see her for a while, but you all will right. see her again. And that's, that's mm -hmm. the closest to a spoiler no. that I'll say. Yeah. Yes. Um, that was, that was that, teetering on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> that, that to me, that to me is, is kind of the, 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 the little taste that I'll say, uh, is, is that, um, it validates, it validates you watching it and giving it your attention and not, and not half paying attention to it while you're catching up on work or folding the laundry. All right. Well, and, and it's nice that you brought up the history of it too, because one of the things that's amazing to me is how much, I mean, it is loose, obviously, but many of these characters were real people. They're actually following a vague idea of what happened to them. And, and that alone is fascinating to me. That, yeah, that actually gets into the first question that I had for you guys. And, uh, bef but before we get to that question... We are entering the warm embrace of Spoilers Cove. So here is your spoiler horn. Um, my first question for you guys is, and, and this is something that Moises has already alluded to and David just alluded to, is uh, were you surprised that that Steed Bonnet and Izzy Hands were real people? Now, I, you know, I knew about Izzy Hands from uh, Treasure Island, uh, but I thought, you know, it was just a character in a book and not necessarily things in books aren't real, folks. So. Uh, I wasn't, I, books, I did. books are fake. Yeah. So I, I, I wasn't aware that, uh, these were real people. Um, uh, David, were, were you, I, I was surprised at how much that they, they did bring in. I mean, even Spanish Jackie is rumored to have been a real person, Although they were not necessarily Spanish nor named actually Jacket Jackie, <laughs> right. which 
just that alone is hilarious to me that you know you go and start researching and going oh well yeah that sounds like it comes out of the show we've also got calico jack in the show too which was which was a surprise uh that they were using that character but then also that they uh they used uh will arnett uh to play him which uh was was about the the um the best goofy canadian that they could have picked (laughs) (laughs) joe joe were you aware that these that these characters were uh, actual historical figures, uh, other than Blackbeard, absolutely not. <laughs> I had <Yeah. laughs> I had no no context for the rest of uh, our colorful cast of characters and miscreants uh, who come through the show. Uh, right. But it's it's interesting that it adds more light to it. Does are um what is it? Gabrielle and uh, uh, Antoinette are they, <laughs> they based on anybody right, real? Yes, right. <laughs> um, I'm I'm sure I'm sure they were based on several people. Uh, but not, not uh, maybe some people also named Gabrielle and Antoinette, but no one specifically. Uh, Annette, what about you? Were you was this a history lesson for you, or it was? And I, um, of course, I knew about Blackbeard, right? Like you know, I actually worked on his ship at one point. Oh, um, but fancy. Uh, everyone else, it, like I'm taking it as Bible truth, and I now know that Steed Bonnet existed, and he was exactly like this. And right. <laughs> I will take no other version oh. of the truth than this. Although I, I think we can we can say that the real Steed Bonnet was not as old as uh, Reese Darby. That is correct. Um, that's about. He that's is about, in my history. Uh, right. <laughs> exactly the same. Well, but you know what? To be fair, he probably looked to be about the same age because uh, <laughs> you know people aged a lot differently back well, then. Well, and 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 Reese Darby has has looked approximately the same for about thirty years. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. Correct. Correct. So uh, yeah, uh, I was. I actually didn't know that they were real historical figures until I was doing research for this podcast. So um, that was all brand new to me. And uh, yeah. And now, you know, now I'm going through like pirate rabbit holes. My whole YouTube algorithm is, is all, is all (laughs) fakakta. So um, uh, it's always great when they're able to, to bring historical, uh, historical nonfiction to fiction. Um, I don't know if this, this question makes a lot of sense, but it, but it does like, I guess, were you surprised at how funny the show was? Um, I wasn't expecting it necessarily to be, you know, hold my sides funny sometimes. And that what and it is that's right. That like, mm-hmm. there has been a run. It, people have tried making pirate films, pirate comedies, uh, you know, and, and all my life, I, you know, when I was little, I grew up on Errol Flynn. So it was like, okay, yes, this is something ripe for comedy. And there was what, there was yellow beard with Graham Chapman and all, you know, like a who's who of British comedians, right. terrible movie, right? Pirates with Walter Matthau, yeah, oh, terrible yeah. movie, <laughs> the awful, awful Peter Sellers movie that never actually got 
finished, as I recall, that there's a great documentary about it made by the director, Peter Maydak, who kind of looks back at it and go, goes, yeah, Peter Sellers was horrible. He was a horrible person. <laughs> and so that was another comedy that just didn't work and Cutthroat Island. And you know, there hasn't been a good pirate hey, comedy. Hey, you put, put some respect on Cutthroat Island's name. It is unjustly maligned. <laughs> 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 there's li- I think there's literally an unjustly maligned episode about it, but you know, whatever. I'll... I'll I'll t- I'll table my further thoughts about Cutthroat Island. And I will say it is of all of these it is the best one by by a wide margin. But you know, so that was that was my initial reluctance was like, well, pirate comedy and that was before I knew who was involved. Right. And then it was like, you know, Taika Waititi, David Chickens, yeah, I I'm giving it a shot. And I'm glad I did. I mean, I want season 2 right this second is how much I I enjoyed it. Yeah, and that what what were your thoughts on the comedy of this? Well, Were you I was expecting, expecting it? it. Yeah, okay. I was expecting it because I was realizing the connection to what we do in this shadow. So I was expecting a very certain kind of comedy, which is a bit sly and clever. And um, I love how, but like, I feel like it has a little, I, I think, was it Joe that brought this up? Having like, it has a little more heart and uh drama mixed in with the comedy and i think that takes it up a little bit of a level in terms of being funny with heart which is like my favorite kind of comedy because then i'm like in love with these characters but also then you have like parts like the whole passive aggressive um dinner party where um (laughs) steed is teaching ed about how to be passive aggressive and he's like no we don't do this with violence we do this with cutting words and sly comments and i'm like yes this is my kind of world i'd be excellent in that and you know so it oh of course it would be and you've worked on a ship kidding yes Yes. So yeah, I, I thought it was uh, delightful because I love that subverting of the tropes of, of um, piracy as well and like the masculinity that you expect going into a, a show like this and it flips it a lot and it, it just, um, yeah, it was just delightful. Yeah. Well, it, you know, and it, it kind of seems like the masculinity, like this, this feels more real. In terms mm-hmm. of the 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 type of masculinity that you had um, in this show, than the type of masculinity that we have stereotypically seen with with pirates and pirate shows, and you know, and and the the manly machismo of the pirates. Joe, were you were you surprised at how just uproariously funny this this series was? No, well, I was one of the people who thought it kind of like had a slower start because I was expecting more like uh, joke a minute kind of stuff at the beginning. But it, it it when it when it really gets going, um, like Annette was saying, when we get to uh, episode five, the the best revenge is dressing well, uh, where we have the the dinner party on the boat, um, and it is just hilariously like ridiculous every in in every aspect uh, of that they could explore in terms of comedy and um, that. I think carries through probably through the rest of the season and you get more stuff going on um, that is funny situationally and also funny um, in terms of the character's arc through the series, um, which is more of a modern television kind of thing, which I appreciate mm-hmm. and, and like a lot. Uh, so it's not just about like a throwaway joke here and there and um, stuff like that. But it one of the other things that I like about it, too, is this is anachronistic. It, it's pirates, but it's not 
they don't really care. Like St. Augustine has cliffs in this like TV show. Like it doesn't, it's not really super concerned with all of the uh, details of everything. It just wants to get to like make jokes. Like that dinner party is in a living room of a house. Like it's not, that's not a boat. They swing some of those chandeliers and stuff and then have exterior shots. But like, it's all about the, the comedy of the scenes inside, not the sort of accuracy of things, um, which is, is uh, I think important because if you get too bogged down with making this like historically accurate and like, w- are these funny things pirates would say to each other? And it's like, th- who cares? Um, it just <laughs> matters if we're laughing at it. So I, I enjoy that part of it. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seats, the best spot in the house, make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What were some of the standouts uh, from the cast? Who were some of the people that you you really stood to take take notice of, Moises? Uh, For me, I I mentioned Christian Nairn earlier and... um, I I went into it kind of expecting uh, that, oh, great, uh, he gets to talk finally. And having interacted with him in the past, I, I knew that I was in for for, uh, for a good time. But each time he just kind of jumps in with, you know, a, a decision on, on you know, whether uh, whether a particular name was a boy's or a girl's name um, <laughs> or, or whatever it is. Just he, he just kind of has these little bone mows that he he, ju- he jumps in with and, and they surprised me each time. And, and that's what I liked about the, the whole crew is that even if you're not necessarily clear on all their names, um, they are so well drawn that when they, they, they drop in with a particular comment, you're like, Oh, that's just like the bird guy. Oh, that's just mm-hmm. like the, the cook slash medic. Um, and, and, and that's, that, I, I think that's one of the things about the show overall that um that 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 I enjoy the most is that it doesn't just primarily rely on Rees and Taika um and uh the actor who plays Izzy uh, his name escapes me um but uh, it, Con O'Neill Con O'Neill yeah. it, it really is an ensemble piece where there are no weak parts and all of the cameos and guest stars from Leslie Jones to Fred Armisen Will Arnett um, Rory Kinnear, who who we get at the beginning, and then we don't expect to see again, and then it turns out he had a twin brother, uh, which is so perfect, just, right? the dumbest, like the, the the dumbest, the dumbest conceit in 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 film drama. Uh, but uh, but it works. And, and all we'll say is they have a lot in common by the end. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're in spoiler land. We're in so, spoiler land. So we're, right. we're talking about whatever we want. Uh, the the um the the folks that we see very briefly, um, whether you know for just an episode like Arnett or uh, Kristen Schaal and um and Nick Kroll. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. It, it's it, it's it's so good. And and just when just when I start missing a member of the regular cast, they show back up, um, you know, like, uh, like Olu and Frenchie, 
um, are suddenly giving birth to the pyramid scheme. Right. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Which is so brilliant. That was oh great. Oh, my God. And the Nigerian prince. Yes, oh, the Nigerian prince. Well, it just builds up to that. Yes. yes. It's like, no, no, no. We should we should say he's from Nigeria. And I found myself as they were in the setup phases of that going, yes. wait a minute. Are they creating the Nigerian <laughs> prince email scam? Right. And they were. And it was I, I, like it, it didn't bother me that I thought, well, is this where they're going? And then they went there because every everywhere they go, even if it's something that you kind of expect um, or you, you catch uh, you catch the setup that they're putting in front of you. It's still uh, a meal that you have had before. Uh, it can be just as good as long as it's prepared well. And, and the whole thing is just so well structured all the way through. And, and, you know, my 17 year old fell in love with it with me. So we watched it together. And as, as they started into that and I just went, oh my God, it's the Nigerian prince right at the beginning. And I, and then I had to to pause and say, okay, here's, here's what I meant by that. I'm not just randomly calling out a country and a, a title. And, and so when it kids looking at you going, dad, why are you being racist? (laughs) Well, you you know, know, he's from Nigeria. Building to the end of that. And then it was like, oh, well, there's the payoff. Of course. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so well structured that way. Oh, I mean, it's a delight to see writing this good. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Annette, who are, who are some of your favorite uh, cast members uh, from the main cast? Well, I agree with Moises on the crew, and I'm going to shout out Ewan Bremner as Nathaniel Button, um, (laughs) because I love his story and his arc where at the first episode, he's going like, we got to overthrow this guy. He's got (laughs) to go out. We're going to have a mutiny. Let's get this going. And, you know, by the end, he's so on side and so part of the crew. And so, you know, like, um, what's the thing they always say? Uh, we talk it out as a crew. We talk it out as a crew. Yeah. When yeah. we're, when we're angry. A rhyme. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, he's in the thick of it and he, he gets to like, he kind of gets there and his growth. I also really like, uh, Samson Ko as Uwande, I think is his name. Yeah. Uwande. Yeah. And his story and like, and he has the, his own love story happening right. there. And right. uh, yeah, he's, I think both of those characters get a little more space than some of the other ones on the ship, which just makes me think we do need a season two so we can flesh <laughs> more characters out. Um, but yeah, they both have, he was great. And he becomes that the de facto leader where, and at the end, well, you're the one that has to lead because you're the one that doesn't want to lead. Right. I love you guys. Heavy, yes. Right. Heavy is the heavy is the head, head that wears the crown. Joe, what was uh, who were some of your favorite favorite members of the of the cast and crew? Well, to or, go along, to go along with what Annette just said, uh, I like uh, Vico Ortiz um, as yeah. Jim. Jim. Jim yeah. is so good because it, it just. In that first episode, you get the reveal of the the wax nose and everything, the beard, and they just keep going with the uh, disguise for a while, and then eventually it's it's found out, and then everybody's just cool with it. But then they're like thrown off. They're like, "So how should we refer to you?" And it's just like, "I'm I'm just Jim. Just call me Jim." And then the whole arc with right. the when they go visit uh, the nun where she lived mm-hmm. after her family was murdered, um, and they find that fossilized orange and all the <laughs> stuff. Right. Um, yes. Like she's. Uh, they a uh, uh, great actress um and right. uh nathan fode uh as uh lucius uh i think is 
a <laughs> very uh not not used a lot in the script but when they but use, when, yeah yeah when they use lucius yeah he's he, yeah. he's good at it yeah yeah that that uh the scene I, i've been bred for espionage right? <laughs> 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 and the conceit of drawing out like having him coming along and like you know instead of video recording something he's drawing everything is just so right. funny <laughs> and delightful and and then when i can't remember who it is who takes over for him at one point and and steed says are you getting this down and, and he turns i can't write so it's right. like these really simple <laughs> stick figure drawings. Like, oh, oh no! I, no, I no. want to say it was Frenchie. I think I, I think, think it was Frenchie. Frenchie. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I mean, I'm I'll I'll go along with everyone. I love the ensemble. Everyone has moments to shine, yeah. which is which is rare. I and I love I love Mr. Buttons and I love what? Carl and Olivia. Oh, yes. Carl! Olivia is just yeah. <laughs> the pathos the pathos from a seagull yeah that's the it, kind of show this is it, it it very much is it very much is and and uh yeah i i really want to call out uh uh yeah samson ko and 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 vico ortiz because like it, it really felt like olawande was not going to get that you know like that that love was going to be unrequited and uh and then you know when they when Jim finally comes back, uh, they finally get their moment together, and and I was so happy for both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there were there were so many so many love affairs on the show, and and um, you know I I do want to point that out, right? Like that that we you know we had several love affairs, and and I would even call out the love affair between um, Steed and his wife. Right where where she she was trying to murder him because she <laughs> she found the life that she loved and they were able to reconcile that and 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 really find uh, a, a happy space between the two of them and that's you know that is a form of love as well uh, I I really I really enjoyed the romance here the like. Where, where, what was your favorite romance? I don't know, uh, Annette. What was your favorite romance? It's it's got to be between Ed and Steed, um, because that growth. Also, I think my love affair is is with Blackbeard's actual hair. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I was in love with his hair, yeah. uh, and his beard. But even when he shaves it, I'm like, I. I don't know. I was a little obsessed, but I like, I love that story. I, I also like want to say the same around Marion Steed and the fact that they come to that resolution in the most silly and ridiculous, ridiculous and like farcical way when they kill <laughs> Steed off again. And, but it, it, it really felt like it needed that, right? Because he just ran yes. off on his wife and left them. And for yes. him to go back and like put that whole piece to rest now prepares him to like actually be like more committed to his life moving forward and um we've already killed one of them off so now what are we going to do to get them together again right because in the in history they never meet again after they spend time on the ship but i'm prepared for those two to come back and find their way back to each other writing history uh joe what was what was the love affair of our our flag meets death 
Oh, I think Annette said it for me. Um, it, it is uh, Ed and Steed. Um, but the uh, uh, the other thing I would say is, of course, you know, Jim and um, oh, uh, uh, Jim and Oluwanda. 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 Yeah, the, the rest yeah. of the crew call him Olu, and I just call him yeah. Olu. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, them together um, is really, I think, the the runner up pairing. Um, and then at the, I would say, trailing far behind that is Lucius and Black Pete um, because I don't yeah. think that they're... Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think... Their affair was like an unexpected funny joke, but it was not... Not a... Not like... It, it's not a relationship. But it but it sustained and it didn't mm-hmm. mock either of them for right. it. No, no. Yeah. And, and Which was really nice. We didn't see a body, so we didn't necessarily bury our gaze at sea. That's true. <laughs> That's right. Lucius could That's still true. be out there yeah. with a grudge. Yeah. And I can't right. imagine they would kill him off. No, no they can't such a, kill him off. He's such too a wonderful good. character. He's yeah. too good. It's not that kind of show either. I don't think no. where yeah. it's like no. so realistic. They're they're gonna he's gonna like wash ashore somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean the cliffhanger where they're all stranded on this little teeny tiny almost cartoonishly small island. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They're and not gonna kill off everyone, Come right? On. Well, well, not only that, but like Steed was able to find them in a rowboat, right? Like he was in a mm-hmm. dinghy, yeah. and yeah. he yeah. found them on the on the like the Looney Tunes deserted island. So yeah, so so yeah, Lucius is definitely still alive. Him finding them at the at the end of that final episode, he he might as well have been Bugs Bunny on a pump cart. <laughs> yes. Right, right. Yes. Was, How are they all going to get off other than all pile into that dinghy and oh, he's, sail off together? Right. He's gonna so. ferry. He's gonna ferry them all back and forth <laughs> to to the ship to the revenge. Uh, you know, uh, it'll be like. Uh, was that Gilligan's Island where it's, it's, yeah. it's super fast, right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and just, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but, but just the reaction of looking through the, the scope and seeing, I'm just, oh, you've got to be kidding, kidding me. me right? And that's the end. Yeah. Like, oh, man. I mean, the, I, I, think, I think everybody else has really, you know, kind of said it. The, the central romance is so good and the secondary romances are so good. And I, I think on a tertiary level, the whole show is so much about the importance of finding someone who sees you or finding mm-hmm. fulfillment. Uh, and it, it's really beautiful looking at the different ways that, that that comes into play for people, no matter how small the character uh, or how how briefly we see them. Um, you know, on, on the same thread as Jim, Jim's uh, Jim's nun mom really loves revenge. And um, and has a very deep and abiding relationship with revenge. Uh, and and I think I think the kind of passion that we get uh, where there isn't a pairing involved lets people love things and and love the things that that mean something to them going to the thread of Steve being Steed being our main character and and finding that fulfillment in in going off sailing. Um, n- no matter no matter how small, a blip we get of, of people. Um, if they are people that, that we, that, that are more than, you know, background extras, uh, we get, we get something about what it is that motivates them and interests them, whether it's Spanish Jackie, her latest husband, uh, all of them, any of them. Um, and, and the whole show wrestles with that, that notion of finding that fulfillment, whether it's a person or a pursuit, um, because it isn't necessarily the same for everybody. And, and I, I mentioned earlier, none of the romances are, one size fits all. And it's not like this is the supporting cast version of the Steed and Ed thing. Mm-hmm. There's no one size fits all 
love affair going on in this. And it's, it's one of the reasons that I was like, well, if we didn't do a mothership episode on this director, Annette, I think the agents of smooch need to activate immediately. Anyways. And yeah, we're doing one anyway. We, this whole show has inspired our fall for pirates where we're going to do pirate (laughs) romances all fall. So, um, stay tuned for that. Uh, I, I, I also think that like it, it's, you look at the relationship between Steed and the crew and like they're having their own love affair in like sort of that platonic 100%. way. And, and like they they think he's ridiculous and then they're sort of like fondly like protective of him. And then I think they really come along on side to understand what he's trying to do and that it like there's that one line at one point where one of one of the crew says like, well, you know, we are getting paid. We're hanging out here. We, we're safe. And this is like we've never like we've been murdering and and pirating because that was the only way we could make a living. And he's created a safe space for them where they could just be and exist and sail the seas and be adventurers instead of pirates, really. And it's it's quite lovely. No, it's it's funny bringing it up for agents of smooch because uh a while back my wife said do you know do you know anything about this uh this our flag means death i've been hearing about it it's it's in all my it's my ravelry groups it's all the 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 people are talking about it and i haven't gotten her to try taika watiti yet so you know it wasn't like i could say oh yeah it's this this is the you know um, but you know, she loved, uh, red, white, and Royal blue. She, I, I think the other book was uh, boyfriend material. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other books she's read and, and she said, I, it sounds like something I might like. And I said, yes, just, just, you know, forget the, the sense of humor, forget the, the beautiful plotting of it just on, in, in terms of the relationships and especially Ed and Steed, uh, I think she would love it. And yeah, it is It is the best kind of romance. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Let's talk our supporting cast. Um, you know, Leslie Jones, Fred Armisen, uh, Will Arnett, Nick Kroll, Kristen Shaw. Like, who who were the people where you were like, oh, my gosh, this was this was great. You know who's someone I've missed for years? Kristen Johnston. That was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Came out and of nowhere. Just, just the, the line, you want me to kill him? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God, I've missed her. <laughs> you know, I mean, she was she was a standout on Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. And and I'm like, where has she been? She was she was on Mom for like the last yeah. three seasons of that show. Was, yeah. She was fantastic on that. I feel like she's in rom-coms and stuff around because she, I don't feel like I've been missing her because I feel like I see her. Uh, <laughs> is it which I think like music and lyrics and stuff. And so she, yeah, she plays the sister in music and lyrics and she's very funny in that and some other stuff like that. But she is great. I love her. Yeah. What about, what about you, Joe? Who who was it that you, that you really looked at and were like, oh, well, besides Kristen Johnson. <laughs> 
well, I, it's tough because they're all very good at everything that they're doing whenever they have. Right. They, they've cast really well for all of these parts. Um, but, you know, if I had to pick something like from one of the non main cast, I'd probably say, uh, you know, Nick Crawl as uh, Gabrielle, the French aristocrat. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's so over the top uh that it is uh, quite enjoyable for me um yeah. and, and a very similar kind of role to what he played on what we do in the shadows uh tv series but mm-hmm. it, it's good to see him show up for this um and be paired with Kristen shawl who's also over the top so they're they're right. together working very well yeah they, they are hilarious nick kroll um he is someone that i love dearly but he makes me want to punch him in the face so much. <laughs> he is so effective at uh, wanting to get punched in the nose. Uh, I, I, I love him for that. Thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think this this cast is is was great. Moises, where where was the where was the standout for you? Uh, I'm, I mentioned him earlier on. Rory Kinnear plays yes. twin brothers who talk differently and have completely different affect and different hair one one of them has a full luxurious mane and the other is balding um and and has a gorbachev uh birthmark yeah i i just i i love that i love that uh i love that he he gets to play silly and and not just um you know put out that uh that the uh, the detective chief inspector wants him to go back and canvas uh for witnesses or something um he he gets he gets to uh, to go ridiculous and he embraces it fully in ways that, uh, you know, again, we, we don't usually get to see him do. So, uh, for me, that, that was a delight. Um, I, I've forgotten the name of the actress who plays Mary. Uh, she's wonderful. Uh, Claudia O'Doherty. Yeah. Uh, she, she's, she's fantastic. She's wonderful mm-hmm. when, when they play the, the fake, the fake death of Steed, and she's playing over the top. Oh, hello, my love! Uh, just uh, delightful. Um, uh, you know, uh, I I didn't know that we were going to get a, a half dose of Tom goes to the mayor um, as well um, in 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 that whole section of things. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I've I, I've covered a, a, most of the ground that uh, that that I, I guess I would in answering this question. But it's. It's uh, I, I love the people that are getting to go further over the top than usual, like Kroll and the people who are getting to do stuff that we don't usually get to see them do. Um, and uh, and folks that that uh, like uh, like uh, like Miss O'Doherty uh, that that uh, many of us are, are being introduced to for the first time. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, Guz Khan, who played yes. Ivan, Ivan, yes, who I I've only known him as a stand up comedian and someone on Taskmaster. And, and he's really good in this. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, and it looks like I, it looks like he is now a member of the revenge crew. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. going in, he's part of, part of Blackbeard's crew. And, um, and, and the thing, the thing that is the, the alchemy to this casting too, is that nobody takes over. Nobody dominates. Everybody is well modulated. It is such a, finely directed show um and you know they all shine but but with maybe the exception of will arnett but you need that in that character uh someone who just sort of takes over the whole scene and just dominates it um but it you know it's rare to see a comedy where it's consistently 
everybody fits in the reality of the show, right? Uh, even even some of the great comedy series out there, even Blackadder has moments that are just, it's taken over by a guest. It's like, oh, okay. And and this just, it feels like an organic world they've created. Yeah, I, I, I want to take a moment to, uh, you know, we, we spoke about them really quickly, but uh, take a moment to uh, give some flowers and celebrate Con O'Neill. Um, who that's, played that's Izzy who Hans. I was gonna pick too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just uh, he. It's he, it's he, hard to play a really good villain who's also funny, right? And and yeah, so like he he played, you know, the foil villain and and confidant, right? Like it was foil yeah. love interest, yeah. maybe? Mm. right? Well, right. I'm sure he's jealous, and right, he's. Mm-hmm. You know, he is so unrepentantly evil through most of it. And yet by the end, you sympathize with him, too. Yeah. Uh, and um, it, that leads me into, uh, you know, we talked about the romance, but you you almost can't have romance without heartache. And there was a lot of heartache in in this show. Um, you know, let's talk about the heartache between Izzy Hands, you know, Izzy Hands, maybe unrequited um uh you know uh, or unreciprocated love for for blackbeard um or, do you think- or used and left behind yeah we just don't know right well i i'd see it as love whether it is platonic love or romantic love sure. he's left behind right like so he had his like the perfect blackbeard and the perfect life and everything was, you know, and I love that Blackbeard's essentially, I think even before he meets Steed, he's going through a midlife crisis and wants to leave Blackbeard behind and be Ed again. And for Izzy, it's losing everything like in his life and sort of like what was driving them. And, you know, you have so it it's just you do feel a lot of sympathy for him because he's trying to pull someone back and in like it I think for for Ed it feels like you're being pulled backward and he resists it for so long until his heart, his own heart is broken right and even then at the end you're seeing the crying he's not comfortable in the space of being blackbeard again and yet it's just like you it it, it produces that good foil and tension whether it is romantic or platonic tension between them that's kind of trying to pull ed back into that role and it provides a good narrative arc for that and uh a nice cliffhanger yeah so do you think olu and spanish jackie had had something going as well or at least that she wanted to have something going with with him um, maybe make him husband number 20 um, <laughs> because she was definitely, uh, she didn't, she seemed like a very ruthless person who was uh, uh, incredibly played by Leslie Jones. Um, but uh, she seemed like an incredibly ruthless person who allowed Jim and Olu to live um, for reasons really kind of unknown in the beginning. Do you feel like, uh, there was there was some unrequited love there as well. I don't know if it was love. Uh, I I I think she or lust. Yeah, she seems to she seems to like when people are intimidated or fearful or appreciative of her. 
um, when it comes to her generosity as well, because she's not always being ruthless. Sometimes she is like, I'll let you live. Um, but that's an ex- that's uh, her power uh, and uh, her uh, she wants appreciation for those sorts of things. So I don't know if it was romantic, but she definitely she has complicated relationships with all of our main cast where she she wants them to know that she's the boss. Um it, either romantically uh, or um, in terms of uh, who gets to do what around her and who gets to be uh, friendly with her. Um, and so that's an interesting um, kind of dynamic with her uh, that she, she gets to choose everybody um, she surrounds herself with and that she's in charge, um, which is why she has so many husbands, um, including unfortunately Fred Armisen. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it is, it is a different kind of dynamic where she's not like a mustache twirling. Well, she had a mustache, but she's not like a, <laughs> a, a villainous person. Um, but she does have her own like sort of needs and wants and desires that are fulfilled by friendship or companionship. Um, like when she catches uh, Jim um, in her uh, and they just sit down and talk um, like right. that, that whole thing um you know, it, it, it feels very different, but she's still, it's because of her power and her generosity, um, where, uh, it's a different sort of dynamic. At least that's my opinion of it anyway. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good one. Um, uh, what do you, what do you think, uh, Spanish Jackie's uh, motivations might have been? I mean, she's a collector, man. She, she's, she's Pokemoning <laughs> people. She's got to catch them all. Um, like people are resources to her and she, she wants, she wants exactly the trophy case she wants to have is the way that I see her where she doesn't engage with people on a vulnerable level in the way that other characters in the show do. Now that isn't to say that for her, that isn't being vulnerable and emotional and and sensitive. It it could be, it could be that her love language is capitalism. Um, (laughs) uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not telling people that, uh, that they aren't allowed to, um, you know, live their lives a certain way. But, uh, I mean, the thing that, the thing that I, I like about her as an antagonistic force is that I, I dislike her because, um, you know, she, she sees people as possessions, uh, things to be kept, um, you know, something to be put on a shelf, put in a box, and uh, in in the case that she needs to killed off uh, or traded or in other wa- in other ways commoditized um and it 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 makes it easy to understand her and i have definitely known people uh like spanish jackie how many of them had nose jars no comment <laughs> talk, talk, talk about commoditizing people <laughs> yeah <laughs> Before we before we talk about how much we appreciated season one, um, let's put on our uh, wizard's hats and forecast what season two will be. Uh, let's see. As my wizarding ball goes around, I pick Joe first. Oh, oh shoot. Um, <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say. Damn um, wizarding ball. <laughs> yeah, I think it's safe to say that uh, we're all pro- probably going to guess that they're going to get off the tiny little cartoon island. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'll just move on for, to a different prediction, uh, which is that they're going to get the revenge back. Um, but I don't think they're going to get Blackbeard. They're, I don't think they're going to get Ed back in, 
initially. I think that next season is going to be about Steed trying to earn his way back into Ed's trust after the uh, issue of deserting him at the dock. Um, so I think that is not going to be resolved immediately episode one, like the Desert Island situation is going to be. Yeah, he's, uh, that's a good point. He he left out on his family to go to go be a pirate. And then he ran out on his on his pirate life to go be back with his family. You know, if if so, I can tag off of that, yeah. um, I th- I think the thing that I am kind of expecting is for them to um, continue to mess with their expectations. Uh, one of the things that they gave us in season one was the notion of how does a pirate retire? And what we know from history is one thing, but what this show is allowed to do is whatever they come up with that is plausible. And I would like to think that there is an optimistic, um, it didn't get covered in the history books ending that the characters of Stephen Edward Teach get. Um, and, and that's, that's what I'm hoping is the surprise that, you know, infuriates people who think that everything should be done a certain way, um, (laughs) or that people should like certain things that they like. Um, and I, I, my, my expectations for season two, I think there's a lot of potential that we have not touched in Blackbeard as, as an antagonist on the show. Um, because we met him and he was, he was supposed to be scary and then he wasn't so scary. Um, so Blackbeard in scary mode and what that means and, and what it takes to, I like, I've got, I've got to believe that the, the overall goal, regardless of how many seasons they kind of pitched this as, um, I, I, I don't see this as like a 10 season show necessarily. Um, but within the scope of what they went for, I cannot see them giving us an incredibly depressing, pessimistic uh, end to this story. So if it's, if it's the middle chapter, uh, of a three act kind of a thing, um, I, I, I look forward to how they defy our expectations, even though like somehow in some way it'll get too oppressively depressing if Blackbeard stays Blackbeard the entire second season and does, and, and we don't end up, uh, parting the clouds. Um, that the way that they do that is, is what I, what I look forward to the most and and what I don't think there's an easy way to go. Oh, this is exactly how they're going to do it. Um, I just feel like there, there's no way that we, that we're going to stay dark and dreary for too, too long. I've, I've said this on many incomparable shows that, that one of my hallmarks for, for something is that it surprises me. If it surprises me as a writer, that's a good sign by itself. And, and one thing I loved about this is how it kept surprising me, right? It would go through these, these very subtle changes from episode to episode, but nothing stayed static. If you, if you watch carefully, everything is evolving and changing from day one. And sometimes those changes would be very sudden and sometimes they would carry over a little bit. And so uh, you know, there's a part of me that doesn't want to try predicting it because I do want to be surprised. But if I were them, I, yes, I love the idea of Blackbeard as an antagonist now because we haven't really gotten that. We haven't gotten the the scary, angry Blackbeard. We've only heard the legend. Uh, do I think they're going to do it for, for long? Probably not. But this is going to be 
a scary Blackbeard who has the tension of having seen a different life and a different way to be, and he doesn't really want to do this. It's, it's a tantrum, in, in, in essence. And Steed has to prove himself worthy of, uh, worthy of, of Ed's trust again. And so I think we will eventually get to faking Blackbeard's death so the two of them can go off and have a happy ending at the very end. Maybe that's the third season. Maybe that's wherever they decide to end it. Because, you know, we already have Steed dead, which quote unquote follows history. Um, so why wouldn't we fake Blackbeard's death and give them a happy ending? This is not a show that needs a tragic ending. That, that wouldn't be fun. But yeah, I, I think we will see Jim uh, continue on, on a little bit of the vengeance quest. I think, you know, we need to see what happens with Jim being trapped on Blackbeard's ship and Blackbeard going, yeah, I kind of like you too. Uh, but he's menacing and Jim is not at all interested in that. Um, so, I, you know, I think there are going to be lots of things. Yes, the, the rescue off the island has to be quick. There's, there's not even enough room on that island to do a good one act play. So yeah, they got to get off the island. Um, you know, we, we, we have to find out a lot of little details. And so, yeah, I think, I think we're going to get at least a couple of episodes out of the antagonist and, and trying to, to pull him back to the better life he saw. Oh, well, uh, Annette, uh, take us home. What do you got? This is a romance. Therefore, I agree with everyone. This has to have a happy ever after, right? It's going to end with a happy ever after. And we paused our story kind of in the third out of like three acts. The second act, the boy meets boy, boy loses boy. And now we have to come back to boy gets boy again. And I do really like that we ended this season with a happily ever after, which (laughs) was like the death of Steed and Mary gets her life back. And so it ends on a really positive note, despite leaving that cliffhanger. And it gives us a nice sense of resolution for most of the points and then opens up, hopefully, because I've heard they still haven't given us a renewal yet. Uh, But I, it just feel to me, I'm like, I feel like we're going to it feels like a two two season story. And I'm interested if they will even need to do three. But uh, it, it feels like that this whole arc is going to be like you've said is is them finding their way back to each other. I'd be interested if they get on the ship like because I think it's going to be about finding the ship again and finding Blackbeard and then getting Blackbeard to become Ed again. and. Uh, of course, we've also got those other romances and so on. But um, if it doesn't have a happy ever after, I'm going to flip <laughs> the tables, which includes <laughs> if they don't give us a season two. Like, come on. It's been well, a hit. Everyone loves it. I'm give not that two. worried. I'm not that worried about us not getting a second season of this because they've they've publicly talked about how it has been one of the most watched uh, most engaged with things on HBO Max. So I'm, yeah, I I'm, watched it twice. I mean, so just I, look at all the fan art that's yeah. flooding the oh, social yeah. media. I mean, I, I, w- I would, I, I, I'm not as worried about that, but um, I'm with Annette that I, I cannot wait for something like that to happen. Something that, that came to mind while you were talking though, is 
the curveball th- that might be interesting would be if Lucius comes back and he's like joined the Royal Navy and now Lucius is an antagonist that once we get Ed back, um, that Ed and Steed and, and, and the gang have to contend with, um, mm. you know, th- a, a twist. We have to like, win, win the crew back over again, too. That's been all split and divided. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so like there are factions. There's I, I there, there's a certain amount of stuff that that I think is kind of sketched out there as as I think we kind of covered but um I like that the I I fully expect there to be some sort of weird curveballs uh to to come uh and and I love the mix of directors that they had this season and I'd be interested to see what other directors pop in uh in the second season and how that maybe gives us interesting one-off episodes that that um that go that go especially off the rails um, in, in keeping with the particular style of different folks. Uh, one of the directors this season, Nacho Vigolando also was, he had a cameo in, uh, the second episode is the Spanish captain. Um, oh yeah. Okay. He's, uh, he's, he's, a he's, he's a, a pal. Uh, and, uh, if you haven't seen his Oscar nominated short seven thirty five in the morning, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's maybe 15 minutes long. Um, but you know, we, we, uh, we had, we had some really interesting director pairings to particular episodes. And, and I think that's, that's another piece of the season two puzzle that I'm, I'm anxious to see. Um, I'm assuming they'll have some folks back as they, as one generally does with a genre show. Um, but I, 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 man, uh, I would kind of like to see Edgar Wright take an episode, um, or something. I'm so glad you brought up directors because I, and this took me by surprise watching, the credits uh two of the episodes were directed by burton bertie yes who i didn't know anything about before hawkeye and they directed the best episodes of that including the episode with the most amazing car chase right. you know forget the marvel films this was an amazing <laughs> car sequence um and they did a beautiful job yeah uh i and and that is that is something that i have in my notes that that we didn't talk about and you know i do want to take a a quick moment to to shout out the 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 number of uh of of different folks um both in front of and behind the camera um that were that were doing jobs and getting opportunities and and showing that um they have something to add and what they have to add is is stuff we've never seen and and haven't or haven't seen represented in the ways that that they have uh they have brought to us, and I, I, I really appreciate that um, because it's it's fantastic, right? Um, you know, here is a show that I'll start. I'll start us off by saying uh, I I adored this season. I adored this show. I thought it was fantastic. Um, that uh, you know, and I, I all of the recommendations said the show is great, right? Not like, oh, it's pretty good or it's really good. No, this is this is a great show. You got to watch it. You must watch the show. And uh, unlike you, David, like the, the first episode, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm kind of getting the humor. I love, you know, I love the cast. Uh, so, but, but it wasn't really there for me. And it started, it started as one show, right? It started as kind of like this, this goofy, zany, um, awkward, dark humor private show. And then it turned into this heartwarming, riotously funny, uh, rom- romantic comedy. 
uh, like somewhere in the third, fourth episode, it you know really started to to flip the switch, and then once it flipped the switch, it went into overdrive. Uh, what a fantastic show! And um, if it weren't for the people that were involved in it, it wouldn't be the show that it is. Um, I I adored it. Uh, what uh, let's you know? I guess go around the table, David. I'll 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 lead with you. Um, what were your feelings about? Season one, you know, give us your give us your your stamp of approval that goes on the on the poster. <laughs> well, like I said, you know, I was I was in it by the end of episode one and that it kept building and kept surprising and kept turning. This is one of the best written single seasons I've seen in forever. Uh, I I can't I can't recommend it highly enough. and. All joking about the birds aside, just the fact that they gave a story arc to the seagulls that had a hell of a payoff. I mean, I I kind of hope Olivia has another relationship and finds a, a happy ending herself in season two. Squawk, squawk. You know, just the fact that, th- you know, they could give the characters depth to, you know, to all the supporting and all the guests and, and enough depth to give depth to birds. <laughs> you know, that is a well-written show. <laughs> Moises, do you, do you concur uh, with David's well I'm, I'm, I'm glad that David's staying on brand with the bird stuff. Right. First of all. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's, I, think, I think you should plant a flag I just, on that. I just, uh, I thought it would take flight. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, uh, the thing that came to mind first was I, I i keep going back to mother superior vengeance uh jim's nun mom <laughs> um i love that vico ortiz a non-binary person is on this show and we have a person in a parental role that just is referring to them with they them pronouns and there right. isn't an explanation there isn't an after school special it's right. just it's just there and similarly when it comes to inclusion and diversity in casting um, there, there's a wide array of, uh, of different identities of people in this show. And we have, we have black people, we have people who are indigenous. Um, we have a, a very, um, uh, I, I think the term used to be Benetton ad, uh, group of people in this show that we don't have to hang lanterns on. Hey, look, we're, we're getting our points. We're being inclusive. This is us being very sensitive to the needs of blah, 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 blah. Um, it just, this is just the cast. This is just who these people are. And, um, you know, uh, sometimes you got to hang a lantern on stuff. Sometimes it just leave them in the closet, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I agree completely. Uh, Annette, what's your, your soundbite for, you know, watch out flag means death. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think like if you, I don't know how much all of you are up on Romance Landia, but we're seeing a lot of shows, uh, historical shows, including um, Bridgerton, which we might have heard about, but right. also <laughs> even seeing uh, Sanditon and um, some like which is a Jane Austen unfinished novel. And we're starting to see even in, in those worlds where we're we're getting more diverse casting and there's a backlash definitely against it where people are like nope we can't have anyone who's not white we can't tell any stories that aren't white stories but uh I, like that is being 
washed over by the general a love of these things. And people are really eager to see that. And this feels really like part of that where we can look at history and tell the the stories from a much broader, more reflective uh, look of who's behind and in front of the camera and tell the stories of uh, like diverse people, because we know that I think it was the doctor that said history is a whitewash, but we know that people of all ilks existed back then. They just weren't necessarily given the space to, to be publicly existing. So uh, uh, let's celebrate uh, this diversity. And I think it makes the stories richer and more interesting. So I'm, I'm liking the trend and I hope we keep seeing more of it. Yeah, well, well, you know, we're here. Deal with it, Joe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe, what what is your your review of of season one? Hopefully, of some, maybe many seasons of Our Flag Means Death. Uh, it's just it's so charming, uh, and it it contains everything that everybody said. It, it contains so much uh, that it can have a little bit of everything for everyone and not exclude. Um, or uh, uh, kind of keep people out at arm's length um, uh, for for certain parts of this show, because like even the taking Ed and Steed and like having a gay romance that's about these two people that takes place um, over the course of this this many episodes and convincing all of these people to watch it um, is kind of remarkable uh, because usually you wouldn't see a show centered on um a same-sex romance like that um especially not one set in a pirate setting um right yeah Mm -hmm. it it is unique in that regard as well uh and just what everybody said there's filling out this world with like everybody and it it can be whatever it wants to be because it's it doesn't need to take itself seriously but it takes its it, it takes issues and representation and um the dignity of people seriously um so there are cases where there are uh some of the extras and stuff who are being rude and awful and uh you know degrading other human beings and we see all of our cast and crew always like bounce back against that um with all of the comments and everything uh that get directed at them even even subtle little digs like when when iggy uh izzy hand says um, you know, oh, you think you're so cute to, to Lucius. And Lucius says, actually, I think I'm just so so, but I decided to carry myself as if I'm cute. And it, it's just <laughs> it's such a nice, <laughs> charming moment uh, where right. it just makes you laugh that all of these people on this like ridiculous boat um, who are of questionable competency um, can all just kind of still be a family. Uh, so I, I, I enjoy that. And that's, that's my review is that this is a chosen family and it, it has a, a charm and genuineness to it, um, that it brings them all together. I, I, I want to say that I appreciate the historical accuracy of, of the show. Um, it was set in the 1700s in the Caribbean. Um, if you're going to tell me that there were no black people on crews of ships, <laughs> um, that, yeah. that, that walked amongst those people and, and Spaniards, uh, that walked amongst them as and treated everyone as equals, at least in the, the hierarchy of the ship. That'd be crazy. You'd also it'd also be crazy to tell me that these people that are in these high adrenaline stressful situations where they have to rely on each other um, and the only people that they see are each other wouldn't 
um, start to explore their sexuality in, in very fluid ways. Like those things are that's accurate, right? Like that is a thing that happened. It's just not a thing that we've seen represented in the entertainment that we consume about the era. So I would argue that this is probably one of the most historically accurate uh, depictions of pirate pirates uh, in the early 1800, 18th century um, that we've ever had. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, my, my mother used to have the theory that comedy could sometimes tell truth better than drama. Yes. And as, as a theologian, people would ask her, you know, what, what is the best biblical thing? And, oh, is, was it Jesus of Nazareth? Was it Ben-Hur? And she'd say, no, it was Life of Brian. It was probably more like Life of Brian than any of these. Right. Because they show that, yeah, it was kind of an awful time to live. (laughs) And and this is very, again, it's very much, this is way more like what the history must have been like. Well, to your say Captain Blood and Scaramouche. <laughs> to your to your point, David. Uh, I mean, people who work in DC say that Veep is a lot closer than West Wing, right? Uh, right. And and Cicero, to I your, know some who do. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, Cicero, to your point, um, you know the the history books like to act like uh, various L- people across the LGBTQIA plus plus uh, spectrum just didn't exist. Um, and we did exist and right. we just didn't get recorded in those history books. Uh, yeah. and, uh, it's, um, it's, it's nice. It's nice that the show has, has taken the stance of we're just going to act like all of the kinds of people that were around and that we know must have been around were around Absolutely. and just leave it there. Absolutely. And, uh, we're going to just leave it there. Uh, thank you so much for, taking this uh, trip to Spoiler Cove as we talk about our flag meets death. I am Cicero Holmes, and I want to thank my panel. Uh, up in the crow's nest is David J. Lohr. Thank you very much, David. Cicero, you are the wings beneath my wings. Squawk, squawk. Uh <laughs> Oh, that joke landed oh. only with me. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, hoisting the sails is Joe Steele. Hey, Joe. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, all right. <laughs> Raising the anchor is Moises Chulian. Uh, hey, Cicero, thank you, Moises. I, I, I want to thank you for your people positive management style. Uh, I feel <laughs> like I feel like I'm really making a lot of progress here at the Royal Privateering Academy for Wayward Seamen. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the steady hand on the tiller is always Annette Wistra. Thank you, Annette. Thank you for validating my feelings that this is the accurate, accurate and actual retelling of um, these pirate stories. So uh, it is the true story, and I'm going with it. Well, uh, you know, there you have it. History has been taught to you by the members of the incomparable. Yes. And until then, we'll say goodbye. <laughs>